That's an omnichord. It's like the coolest instrument ever. That's our theme song on the omnichord. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. You could play the theme song on every instrument you have. I could try. It would be the entire show. It would be the entire show. Welcome. You could have dancers come in and... The Everybody and Their Mother Has a Podcast Dancers. <laughs> I don't know who they'd be. Doesn't it seem? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Welcome you to the show. Thank you. Oh, whoo! It is hot in here, ain't it? Mm. It's a pardon me. It's a tad warm. I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't know if I could mop my brow. I was going to come up with something dramatic to go with that. And yeah. Give an excuse for it. This is a little schwitzy. We're we're in our studio. You know, we're still we're still laying low in the desert. Uh, you know, escaping L.A. for the moment. Talking about How? maybe what it's like getting back there. Uh, but we're in our our podcast area, which is awesome, uh, but as the um, summer months approach, it, uh, we're reminded that we are very, very much in the desert, and uh, it's uh, it's hot in here. <laughs> it's it's a little warm. We're okay. Just focus. Pretend it's hot yoga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretend it's hot yoga without the assault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi. You know, so beside the heat, which you know is to be expected, which is it was seventy yesterday, um, probably the same thing in in Philadelphia and L.A. So w- we forgot about the heat for a moment. This is helping. This is um, red wine and diet coke over ice. Oh, that's terrific. Which is like I'm not a I'm not a soda guy, but this is just hitting the spot. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so you, um, we celebrated a, a family milestone. Your other son, my brother David. <laughs> my other son. Yes, my firstborn. <laughs> turned uh, 44, 44 years of age uh, a week or so ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> 44. <laughs> It'll be nice to see David. It's been too long. December 6th, 2019. Oh, it's longer for me. It's probably June of 19, which is approaching two years. Yes. It's messed up. He looks good. I FaceTime with him and... He does look good. He He lost some weight since last time I saw him. I saw him on FaceTime. David, my brother, lives in Philadelphia. He lives in a community living arrangement with a couple other fellows who also have additional (sighs) needs. And he's surrounded by a phenomenal um, staff of people who are just really do just amazing work so he's safe and sound and we get to facetime um but it's like these these check-ins and a couple two facetimes ago he was like a big boy i was like whoa he's like a large man and he never never appeared that way but then i saw him yesterday and he looks felt so i don't know if it was just so i haven't talked to him in a I while i didn't think about it i'll have to think about that or if it was a bad angle or you know yeah. if you know but it was it was good i was happy to see him looking healthy and and, and leaner so it's amazing you know you just well i don't i can't say time stands still i don't know what time's doing now but um all of a sudden your kids are 
Oh, so the other day I, I went someplace and I said to the person behind the counter, and by the way, my, my kids will be here soon also. So when they show up, you'll know they're my kids. I said, I mean, the kids are like, <laughs> you know, they're adults, but they're the kids. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. really cute. That's really cute. Oh, so we like to reminisce on birthdays. And there are many stories. And I don't know why this popped into my mind, but it did. Um, there was a time, there was a time that some kid in the neighborhood beat you up when you were a little kid. And, oh, and I know it sounds like he beat you up. I, I mean, no, I he did that. beat me. He did beat but me up. But because you were up? non, oh, you don't want to hear. And that things. was the third time I got my ass kicked. <laughs> because, bec well, because I was thinking of a, w of a way to talk about David in a way that would be um, maybe surprising and informative. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> because you were a very, you were a nonviolent person from a very young age. And so, um, it, and it was really a tough experience for the whole family. And then one day you and David were just in the neighborhood. You were walking around, David in his wheelchair, and he saw the kid. Yeah. And he said, Jeffrey, is that the kid that broke, that, that beat you up, Rick? And you said, yeah, it is. And he wheeled right over to this kid and you were like, five or six friends around him and and my son david <laughs> pulled back and went like that and hit the <clears throat> pardon me hit jeffrey right in the nose and his nose started bleeding david's in a wheelchair david's Jeff in a wheelchair standing. and he had to roll over to him and and <laughs> rick said haha great you got beat up by a kid in a wheelchair so i didn't say that you I would didn't no another a, a, a bystander who also was there did they really yeah can you imagine me saying those words it's a long time ago no no it was no of course you would never say this that. is crazy all right all right so let's back up a minute so so on last week's show uh, i spoke about that the time when i wore um white pants and a black shirt to the the um, recital so the year after that i went back I'm wearing a Black oh, yeah, t-shirt and white shorts. Look at that. Okay. That's great. That's great. <laughs> so I was at that school for one year and it was a Quaker school. And so my nonviolent tendencies were, were perfect. Uh, nonviolent non belief system comported perfectly with this sort of Quaker friends environment. Um, but I didn't stay there for more than a year. Um, and went back to, to middle school in went to middle school back to public school in seventh grade. And it was just an absolute nightmare. And I had I had a bully, like a, a classic true like this dude like tormented me, and he it was like I'm gonna beat you up today I'm gonna beat you up today this happened all the time and I'd be like I'm not going to fight you I'm not I'm, not, I'm a pacifist this is not gonna be what you think it is like no, which is not something that he expected so after a number of days or weeks of this he fulfilled his obligation as far as he was concerned and he and he did he kicked my ass he had some people hold me down. And uh, it was not, it wasn't good. Uh, it, yeah, it was bad. And when my dad confront, went, we went over to his house and my dad banged on their door and confronted them. His mom, this, this uh, bully's mother answered the door and just started cursing at my dad, just like sailor mouth, just trash woman, trash person. And so that's, you know, it wasn't shocking. That's how this kid was raised. Um, so at some point over the next days, yes, this happened. And there was a confrontation of some sort. David 
is involved. David punches Jeff. No one expected it. It was a good, solid, straight-on punch. Oh, he hit him with a closed fist <laughs> up, because David's in the wheelchair. How did he learn that? I don't know. Up, and he got him, and blood just poured out, and people were like, damn! And then when Jeff was like, <laughs> like cowering over, tending to his wounds, I'm not laughing at violence, I'm laughing at the image of David, uh, one of the other kids was like, yo, you just got your ass kicked by a kid in a wheelchair. That's what that's where that line came from. Yeah, that makes total sense. All right, so I'm like, I'm going to um, make it my mission to like destroy this person's life. So as I got older, I like started focusing on like not good thoughts. I, you know, ultimately was able to place those thoughts where they des- where they belonged. Yeah. But a lot of attention was like when I see this guy again, I, all the non hmm. non violent and sort of passive tendencies now that i'm a person in the world recognize that like yes you start with no yes you start with nonviolence. yes you start with authorities whatever you got to do but at a certain point the only solution is to get this guy's uh, uh, nose bloody i'm sorry it just is as far as i'm concerned so i was like holding this anger you can hear it now right i'm like Ur. you were so proud of your brother and you if i got it correctly if i remember correctly you said he he can't say stepped up you know there's so many metaphors he right, said stand up for me That's he not kind. said you said he did what you'd expect a big brother to do yes. and he took care of it for me yeah and it, true. it was it was it was great for everybody which is we were basically basically we we weren't violent people no. but i have to say that um I didn't tell him to do it, but I have to say that the re- the reaction and and what it did was um, um, was very was good in a, in a lot of ways. I, I I don't think the word is good, but it happened. I had no control over it. Happened, and it made you feel well protected by your brother, which yeah. is what everybody wants. Yeah, it's true. It was it and, was, and a that, and it was so unexpected. Yeah, yeah, it was really unexpected. And I was probably 13 or 14 years old, so this is a while ago. And then as I got older, I'm like, if I ever see this guy, yes, my brother stood up for me, but if I see this guy, I'm not going to say anything to him. I'm just going to take him to the ground. It's going to be... Oh, yeah, I remember your feeling that way. And when I was like 27 or 28, so a dozen, 15 years after this incident, I'm sitting in a market survey, like a market research group, in Philadelphia, they pay us two hundred dollars to drink some beer and talk about it for a while. Isn't and that what everybody's looking for now? It was a good, it was a good gig. <laughs> Here's two hundred dollars, drink some beer. Cash. They gave us an envelope <laughs> with two one hundred dollar bills in it. So, uh, did you go to the casino? Uh, no, but maybe I don't know. So, <laughs> and I'm sitting in this this across you know this this one way mirror or two way mirror. I'm not, never sure which it's called. I think they call it a one way mirror, but that's wrong. Two way mirror. You know, a market survey situation. And drinking beer, like this one tastes like this, and this one makes me feel like summer. <laughs> uh, and we only have first names and name tags. And I look across the table. There's like ten people at this this boardroom table, and I'm like, oh my god! How, ma- how many years later was this? Fifteen years, thirteen years. See? And I'm like, oh my god, that's that's Jeff right there, sitting across this table from me, and he has no idea it's me because oh. I can tell he has no idea it's me. And I'm like, all right, this is it. When this thing's over. And I collect my two crisp $100 bills and get out of this building and away from these cameras. 
I'm gonna fuck this guy up. And then we walk downstairs with our money. Oh, and in the elevator, I'm like, did everyone else get $400? Did you really? <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't really get, I was messing with them, it was great. And um, great. we leave, the, we leave, we open the door, we go to leave the, uh, the elevator door, go to leave the main vestibule door and like everything, David punching him flashed into my mind and where I was in my life and where I wanted to go and the whole thing, I was just like very like instantly, extremely present. And he went to open the main front door and I put my foot in front of it so he couldn't open it. And he turned to this person he was just in this group with, with his face of like, what are you doing? And I went like this, I went, I forgive you. Wow. He had no idea what I was talking about and it didn't matter. I moved my foot and I held the door for him and he left and I've never seen him since. Good thing for him. His name is Josh Hawley and now he's in Congress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so happy birthday, David. Thank you for kicking his ass. (laughs) Happy birthday, David. So we're in our podcast studio. There's some other spaces here that we've all taken advantage of in our own ways, which is a very, very blessed to have space to do separate activities. You you chose a space as your art studio, which is awesome, and we showed a piece of your work last week. We've amassed quite a collection of, of new original painting. Not enough. In this house. Well, <laughs> I have a lot of blank canvases in that closet, but get, yes. Know, get in line. <laughs> Thank you. you know? And there is this one piece that um, we're going to show that it's great. It caught everyone's eye, and by everyone, I should say it's myself, my girlfriend, you, my stepfather and the cat. So there's only four people who live here. So well, you know what? Why don't, why don't we? Why don't they you might, show this piece? They might see it on Instagram. Let's just take a look at this piece. All right. And pretend for a second that you're living in this house, and you know that there's my mom Sharon who created the art, and you're either me, or my girlfriend, or my stepfather, or a cat who doesn't really have a say in this. So let's let's take a look at this piece, and just you know just gauge reactions. Am I too close to the? to the <laughs> tell us about this piece okay, so i know that you could put this up as a as an add-on at the at later yeah i will in the production I but i wanted to show it because there's a lot of dimensionality and um and colors and i really really enjoy doing this this is one of my favorite parts down here but the thing of it is it's called every time you i every time Every time you, you open, open your, your mouth. mouth um, and when I posted it on Instagram, one person wrote back, dot, 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 a song comes out. And I thought, oh, okay, that is so sweet. What a nice attitude. Super sweet. That person wasn't one of the other three, <laughs> three adults who live here. So, so it wasn't like this piece. First of all, great work, and I'm happy you're making art, and I do like this piece. And artists express themselves through sure. their work. Yeah, they definitely express they themselves. Don't, instead of punching people, they, you know. Right, but this proverbial, <laughs> you know, royal people you speak of, there's only three other people in this but house. Look at the, the dots and the shapes and the colors. Technique and, aside. And I put some words in here, which I've, you know, been thinking about doing. And it has a good flow, and and the energy is strong, even if it's not the most positive energy, but it's a powerful energy. (laughs) Oh, I'll say. And it's a healthy energy, because after I painted it, I felt a lot of relief and joy. (laughs) Well, I should also say, after you painted it and felt that relief and joy, it then sat in a common area where all of us pass it every day. 
I mean, there's only a few places to display the art. You hear what's happening, right? You guys hear what's happening? It's just we had to display it somewhere, and I'm really proud of the dots. Right, and it bothered you. <laughs> no, it didn't bother me. It, uh, yeah, yeah, it bothered yes, me. Yeah. It, did it well, bothered you? I, I maintain that this is an act of violence. <laughs> this is a shot across it's the bow. It's not an, you know what? You, are, you, have, you have the right to <laughs> interpret art any way you want. That's part of the amazing thing about art. Yeah, but usually. And the, I don't really like describing it. Um, other than give it a title because that helps people relate to it. What are you laughing at? Because all artists' origin stories, most stories about art, I, I appreciate stay vague. You don't spell it out for people. Oh, people a lot are, of people do. A lot of people in their titles tell exactly. I think you like know exactly. Christine, when you see Christine, you know exactly what's going on. I think you know my point. And I appreciate knowing that you for sure know my point and are still playing it this I way. I know your point. But again, that's it's wonderful to be able to use art to express oneself. Yeah. I mean Yeah. And then no no shade on making art or making art that's you. aggressive or even making art that is violent to one of three people you happen it's to be living with. It's not violent. It might be aggressive. It's not violent. And uh, I can no take blood, it. But there's I'm, no blood, there's no knives. There's no, 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 no collage of people not, being beat up. Not violent in its depiction, violent in its statement, which is like one of the three of you need to keep your mouth shut more often. Oh, no. Actually, that's not what happened. Oh, see, this is what I love about it. That's not, I see you're being skeptical. That's not what this painting is about. Oh. Yes, I'm not going to say further, but I'm kind of laughing at myself. And I see by your reaction, you think I'm covering up, but I'm not. No, That's I don't. That's exactly the opposite of what this painting is about. Oh. Hmm. Oops. Oh. All right, so I bumped the camera a little bit. So we're, it's not what the painting was not. It was not directed in that direction. All right. It's the opposite direction. Every time you're opening your mouth, something wonderful happens? <laughs> Not exactly, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Feel free to leave a comment. Let us know what y'all think. <laughs> um, it's on their website. If they want to buy it, they, they could. But We'll link to your website. That's another thing. We'll link to your artist Some website. Some of my stuff I don't want to sell. I really... Okay. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm at the point now where I follow people on Instagram for their art. That's mainly that and looking at, at my relatives, um, my younger relatives. And I see art. There's four artists that I follow, and I really need to buy a piece of art from each of them. I love their work. But where do you put all this stuff? I mean, we don't have room for for our stuff, but I'm, I have to. There's a couple of things that I'm going to have to buy. Yeah, and you keep, you know, hold on to what you don't want to sell. And, and we rotate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is great. Thank you. I do appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah. So now can we can we um, talk about a piece of your art? Sure. So um, one of your, I, maybe it's one of the Aminal songs. Oh, no, I know which one it is. Um, you wrote a song about leaving something because we, we're always packed. There's a go bag in the car, in the closet, 
for when we have to grab it and, and go. We, you know, we got that. But when we decided to come here to go away from the, the crowds in the neighborhood and have a little more space, we packed some things, but you can only pack so many things. Like, uh, and we didn't know how long we would be here, so we didn't overdo. So you have a song about this that I thank particularly you. like. Uh, it is it is an animal song song, Good. but it's not about an animal. Um, yeah, like most Jewish origin stories, we left in haste and didn't have time to get everything that we wanted to in order. <laughs> uh, you know, less dire than Exodus, but nonetheless, I wrote this tune. Um, we've spoken about cooking and baking and some of these, uh, you know, newfound flexed skills during the pandemic. And I realized that leaving Santa Monica and coming out to the desert to sort of lay low during the pandemic that I had absentmindedly uh, forgotten my cinnamon in Santa Monica. And as a way to uh, express this this terrible loss, I uh, put it into song and then I made a, a video out of it. And it's called um, I Left My Cinnamon parentheses in Santa Monica uh, and I played all the instruments and sang it and made this video and I could show it I could show it it's, why it's, are you laughing it's so ridiculous it's really great the montage is ter- well they'll see okay uh, ladies and gentlemen I left my cinnamon in Santa Monica <laughs> here's the story I think Everyone can relate to. I left my cinnamon. Thank you. In Santa Monica. When I left the quarantine. Mm-hmm. I remembered my melodica. So I that um, thank you for showing that. That's great. I think you're going to get a great reaction to it. It's it's <laughs> really fun. I enjoyed it. And I can I it's I don't want to take the attention away from you, but if you're finished, I would <laughs> when you talk about leaving your cinnamon, to me it relates to something you told me in 1845. Oh, 9-11 was 2001. Something you told me in 2001. Um, I was quite the smoker and I decided to stop, to try to stop smoking. (laughs) And you said to me, when you stop smoking, don't, don't replace it with cinnamon. What does this mean? And you said, well, some people will drink a glass of water when they want a cigarette or they'll eat a piece of candy or they'll, I didn't really... Drink no, much there were wine. cinnamon. There were cinnamon flavored toothpicks, and I was saying that I had okay. or tea tree flavored, and it was like a cool replacement. But I was told not to change, not to swap the ritual. Don't swap one habit for the other. You need to stop the habit, otherwise it will always continue. And that's when I heard you forgot the cinnamon, and here we're you know in a pandemic, and going, everything's going sideways. It just made me think of that, and actually. When I stopped smoking, that helped me because it was after 9 11. 
and um, you you had you had asked me why did I stop smoking because I had smoked my whole life, and I said she quit cold turkey after like decades. I was really Just scared done. of nine eleven. I was so traumatized, and I thought, what am I going to do to calm down about this and get rid of some of this fear or channeled or what should I do? And I thought, is it? I talked to myself. And I listened to myself. That's why I talked to myself. <laughs> and I thought, I'm traumatized by 9-11. I'm smoking cigarettes all the time. I'm traumatizing my body. Mm. I have 100% total control over this. This I have control over. So I picked a target date. I put it on the calendar. And one morning, um, the last day of the year of 2001, at 4 o'clock in the morning, in the casino in Atlantic City, I smoked Baller. three packs of cigarettes. Ooh. Nice. Johnny. And I Smoke finished up. it, and I never had another cigarette again. It's crazy. And you said to me, like, I don't know, six or eight months later, you said, so it's great you stopped smoking. How many have you had since then? And I said, I stopped Stop smoking. smoking. And you said, yeah, but when people stop smoking, it's not even backsliding. It's like once in a while they'll have one. I said, December 30th, 4 a.m., Atlantic City. That was it. It's very impressive. And the other way that that story has been expressed or processed is you were in control of your choices in a way that we weren't for terrorism. And you're treating, you decided to treat your, make your choices as intentional as they were was like not letting the terrorists control you in that way, which I thought was like fascinating. You took control of something and the psychology of that is fascinating, but the physiology of just being like after, I don't know, years of smoking a lot. Like, oh, I used to I don't to want go, to give it a can of her. I, mean, I, I haven't to, had any problems. I, used, I don't want to like talk you about used it. To, I used to send me to the, dr- to the gas station with is either five dollars or ten dollars and i would get two packs of cigarettes for two at two dollars each uh-huh and maybe it was like two hot dogs and a soda for a dollar i think for five dollars i came back with two packs Probably. of cigarettes two hot dogs and a soda <laughs> sounds and, like a story from 1910 and you have reminded me rightfully so not lately but at some point that you that i sent a child into the store to buy cigarettes and you're right you're right I do have to add that when I used to go to the store, you'd get in the car. I'd help David transfer into the car. Help David transfer into the car was lifting David up, lifting up his wheelchair. I could lift him till he was was... 100 pounds because I did it every day from the time he was born. 100 pounds, I could deadlift him. And then I had to fold up the wheelchair. Deadlift indicates that he was staying still. It's harder than <laughs> harder. It was harder than a deadlift. The weights don't don't curse at you and try to swat at you. If I took him out of the tub or something, you know, I had to pick him up anyway. Um, and I'd fold a chair, and it was an E and J and Everston Jennings chair, which was made out of metal. It was before the sports chairs came out, which of course I bought. We bought for him the minute they came Whatever out. Whatever you're picturing, picture more metal, more rust, more more Soviet era technology. Well, when people. Um, rent a wheelchair I think maybe they still get this and the foot rests I want to say they were 24 pounds each yeah. but I no they were I you know it's been a really long time no I remember because I remember when I was introduced as a young person to 25 pound weights I was like oh these are like a foot rest each <laughs> which he broke every every few months every 
yeah well he would like easily. sit up like this way like on the footrest yeah. they, would, they, would, they would bend down this way and it wasn't like you could go to the the welding shop in the corner to get these things fixed but it was, it was good because it was his way of helping um with his clothing so it was he was pushing was up so he getting could, things on clothing and off. up and down yeah. so um but yeah <laughs> so I got lazy. I don't want to take the wheelchair That's out to get lazy. a pack of cigarettes. It was like, just go in and get the cigarettes. Of course, it wasn't right. There's no, no defense I, for no defense it was also, for it all. It was also a different time. I mean, we're, we're not talking about that many years past when like smoking on airplanes was a thing, which I wasn't necessarily alive for. Dressing rooms and Lord and Taylor. Smoking in the dressing room being like, nah, I don't want this clothes this it thing smells. i'm wearing that i don't want it like anymore cigarettes. <laughs> i don't want it also you know i don't i don't think of it as like a a sketchy parenting thing to have sent me to pick up things that you needed because it was at that time a necessity we can debate whether or not it was a necessity but it was like you know let's get her what she needs and also i was you know 10 12 i wasn't like six years old so by the time i was like 14 or 15 I could go to that same gas station and be like, hey, John, two packs of cigarettes, and then I could get cigarettes. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I remember being, I guess, 16 years old, and Sharon, I've mentioned her before, my friend Sharon and I were sitting on the front lawn at my house, my parents' house, and we were smoking. I mean, we weren't obviously afraid of being caught because we were outside smoking. And my mother came out and her mother walked down the block. She lived five houses from me. She walked down the, the block and they were chatting and they looked over and we're smoking one cigarette. We're sharing mm -hmm. it. And it was like, you, you take it, no, you take it, no, you take it. And they're watching this. And they said, whose cigarettes are those? And we looked at each other and without a word, we each put a hand on the cigarette pack and walked hand in hand down to her house and finished smoking Aww, the cigarette. I love that. It's the opposite of like snitching. <laughs> you go figure it out. Nobody That's gave up anything. <laughs> That's super Philadelphia too. I dig that. I like that a um, lot. Huntington Valley. Huntington Valley. <laughs> Huntington Valley. Well, listen, I got to go back to work. Oh, okay. I what am you. I supposed to do? I think you talked about the oh, casino. Oh, the casino. Or... <gasps> oh, I can't. I have a four o'clock Zoom with the Drexel Autism Institute oh. on a project that they're doing. That Nice. You'll hear about that too. <laughs> yeah, will you, tell us, will you tell us next time? Um, I'll tell you, we will have a guest and it, it might take a while before we get that together. But, but maybe a little sneak peek next week about what it, what the topic is. Cause I think this sounds like it dovetails with your history as an educator, or as David's great mother, or as your work in helping people. I mean, I, I'm not. No, not at all. It's more, no, yeah, I'm only kidding. I'm it's a, it's, a, it's a, a vanity project with the <laughs> Drexel Autism Department. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, don't forget to call your mother. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like everybody and the mother has a podcast? Oh, oh, oh. So I started a podcast with my mom. We wanted a theme song so you could sing along the show it No, no one's mic is on. Oh, so. <laughs> Does that mean we have to redo the whole show? I'm not I'm not redoing the show. <laughs> <laughs>